Spinner. Welcome to Notebook, a guide to art, culture and tourism in Tokyo. My name is Stuart Monroe and around this time each Monday, Wednesday and Friday, I'll bring news and views from Japan. On today's episode, we look at films by directors Yoichi Sai and Jonas Mikas. But first, The Camel. Following World Cup news that Japan's national football team has probably missed out on a place in the last 16, with a 1-0 loss to Costa Rica. Other news suggests World Cup frenzy is putting a strain on Qatar's camel industry, stretching to meet the demand of overseas tourists keen to ride through the desert on camelback. Meanwhile, centennial celebrations for the Lithuanian filmmaker Jonas Mikas, who died in 2019, took place over the weekend with a day of film screenings at the University of Tokyo. His long experimental film, Reminiscences of a Journey to Lithuania from 1972, Paradise Not Yet Lost or Una's Third Year from 1974, and a short documentary from 1992 entitled Zephyro Torna or Scenes from the Life of George Masinas about the fellow Lithuanian Fluxus artist were all screened in 60mm format on projectors to a packed auditorium keen to capture a glimpse of these rare works by the filmmaker who would have turned 100 this December. The Japanese film director Yoichi Sai passed away last Sunday, aged 73. Born in Nagano to a Korean father and a Japanese mother, Sai was a long-time figurehead within the Japanese film industry and often returned to this dual identity throughout his film career. The director was best known for his sense of authentic realism, depicting the stories of Koreans living in Japan with his 1993 film All Under the Moon, as well as the 2004 film Blood and Bones, this time starring Takeshi Kitano as a young Korean immigrant who in 1923 moves from the Korean island of Cheju to Osaka. The film follows Katana's character to exploit workers within his poor Japanese-Korean neighbourhood. His unwavering bitterness still present as he lives out his final years in North Korea. All Under the Moon from 1993 revolves around a Korean taxi driver in Tokyo who falls in love with a Filipino hostess. Sally was deeply connected with both films, with personal connections to each storyline and the stigma surrounding ethnic minorities in Japan. But his debut film, Mosquito on the 10th Floor, from 1983, is a shocking and perhaps controversial story describing the fall of a character consumed by vice and the restrictions of contemporary Japan. It proved so popular that it was eventually screened during that year's 40th Venice Film Festival. The film was the first of several written by and starring the Japanese rock musician Yuya Uchida. Uchida's a policeman torn between duty and despair, who succumbs to the stress of divorce with violence, themes that could be said to have inspired Abel Ferrer's Bad Lieutenant from 1992, but here there's little sign of redemption for Uchida's policeman. Forever passed over for promotion and facing 20 more years in the same job, his circumstances began catching up with him. Two years after a divorce and taunted by the sight of his ex-wife, her new lover and a carefree teenage daughter, he turns to alcohol and gambling to numb the stark reality he now faces. Every act of violence committed is an act of revenge against the women in his life, while his even stranger moral compass and dislike for fellow officers taking backhanders from gangsters and turning a blind eye to crime render the film in some sense hopelessly dated. But perhaps the most intriguing part of the film is how Yoichi Sai deals with the changing face and pace of society during the 80s. A policeman stuck in the past still riding a pushbike, 
bemused by the growing popularity of consumer electronics. The policeman's failure to move with the times is reflected by his disdain for them, and the people who, by comparison, are happily moving on. And the cast of relative unknowns give the first-time director's choice of location in rural Chiba, on the edge of Tokyo, extra significance. A place populated by people who only seem to be passing through on the way to or from work. Away from Sai's character lost in a characterless city, trapped by circumstance and rage, the late Jonas Mikas expressed as recently as 2019 how he too found himself trapped by anger for what he'd lost before reaching the tender age of 27. I always blame the civilization that threw me out of my home, he said, recalling how Russia invaded Lithuania in 1940. So are Yoichi Sai and Jonas Mikas expressing the same rage? Definitely not. Civilization for Sai is liberating, whereas for Mikas it's the opposite. Their mutual experiences of being social outcasts were filmed in infinitely different ways, but their experiences are now being revisited and thankfully remembered. That's all for now. I'll be back for this week's third instalment on Friday, December the 2nd. If you enjoyed this episode, you might consider rating our Snapple podcasts or even think about spreading the word online. Until then, thanks for listening. This continues to be Notebook.